0: Hey there folks, I'm Isaac, and I'm also Claire, and this is Make Make That Game, Game, where we pitch the latest, the greatest, new video game ideas that won't ever be made. Now, you may have noticed, Claire's voice is a little different today, it's because Claire's not actually here. She wasn't able to make it to the recording, so Isaac, that's me, I'm going to be handling both <laughs> both sides of this whole thing today and by both sides I mean I'm just going to do a solo thing but I'm going to try to keep it to the as close to the make that game experience as possible I I think I've done a solo episode before I forget how that turned out but I'm going to assume for my own ego's sake uh pretty good yeah um so what do we do here at make that game. Well, if this is your first episode ever, I highly recommend that you listen to a different episode to get a better better idea of the vibes. But just in case you want to continue on this one, we pitch game ideas to each other and talk about game design, video game design. So I am going to pitch two games to the audience today rather than I pitch one and Claire pitch one because Claire, again, is not here. My first idea... Now, this is going to be fun because normally Claire is here to like be a normal person and ask questions and poke and prod and get to what I'm actually trying to talk about, but uh, without that guiding hand, I'm just going to spew nonsense, probably, <laughs> and it'll be great. Um, so we'll see how this goes. But my first game idea, I don't have names for either of these, so my first idea is uh, basically a digitized board game as in the mechanics would work almost completely as a board game and I wasn't able to figure out any way to take advantage of like the power of a computer like when you're doing a board game you the players are generally like the computer and so math is generally kept pretty simple like worker placement games like it's the actual math of like if you have one worker you get like one resource per tile or whatever whereas in a computer you could do something like oh if you have a orc worker they are nine nine, they they gather meat at 110 percent speed but vegetables at 97 percent speed and so every three minutes times that multiplier you gain one packet of resources or whatever so like There's all kinds of things that you can do in a computer that you wouldn't really want to do in a board game. So, like, the game design concepts are really wild. And I try to... The game design concepts are really different. And I usually try to keep my game ideas to, like, pure video game realm. Like, I try to think of a reason why this wouldn't just be a board game. In this case, I have failed to come up with that reason. Um, So... You know, Nothing says that we are strictly a video game design podcast, so I'm going to pitch this as both a video game and a board game at the same time. Ha ha, tabletop, tabletop game. So the basic idea is you take the role of a commander over a battlefield. So there is a board representing a battlefield with a number of tiles, and you, as the player have a number of tokens or cards which you take turns with the other player placing on different tiles and each one has you know a stat Uh, I was thinking about like attack and defense and like other things but you probably only need one number like just some kind of like value and then it might have like a special ability that happens at certain times but um yeah, let's let's say that the battlefield is a three by three board. So there's nine total tiles. You start by forming your battle line, which is the closest tiles to you. Um, your opponent can't really interact with you in any way. This is just like the the let's say the first phase of the game. So like I'll be like I want to play swordsman in the middle tile. So swordsman five points whatever. Opponent places a dragon, ten points. I place a ballista. That's worth like seven points, but gets plus three when battling a dragon or something. Um, <laughs> and so once everybody has placed their tiles, which is based on like the size of the battlefield. Let's say each tile can have three or each zone. In the battlefield can have three tokens or cards what i keep switching between their tokens or cards let's say they're cards because well, let's say that there's a deck component you draw like a hand and then you play from that to add some kind of limitation to it rather than just being like all right i'm gonna place infinite dragons across my battle line so we've just added a deck component to randomize like what you actually get so uh, we could say that that represents the logistics, because logistics is the biggest decider of a battle. It's 90% uh, logistics, 10% tactics, I think is a famous saying that I'm not going to look up to cite my sources. But yeah, the deck will be representing what supplies slash soldiers that you can get. So once you formed your battle line, then you move your units and so what happens is the tokens that you have placed, the cards that you have placed in your zones, you now taking turns with your opponent, move each one from your battle line to one of the middle zones. And now they move either straightforward or diagonally, or they might have a special ability that says that they are like super fast scouts or something, or they fly and they can move like two diagonal Or, like, teleport anywhere on the field. uh, Or they were a decoy. And now that you're... it's Now, instead of moving to the actual battlefield, um, they just disappear. And maybe you forced your opponent to allocate certain of their cards to zones to counteract that. And, yeah, there's some level of mind games to that. So a battle happens when all of these or when um, any middle zone, any battle zone gets three of your cards and three of your enemies cards. So when it fills up to six total, you you can't outnumber them by like you have four and now they only have two. It's, it's always going to be when it's three versus three, a battle occurs. Whoever has the most score, Considering all the abilities and everything, then claims that, and their opponent's battle cards are pushed back to their battle line. And then from this now incursion point where you've just taken like the center tile, now the cards in that center tile can now move out into the opponent's battle line. And basically, the goal is to push your opponent's army back off of the battlefield. So you don't ever actually destroy what they've placed. It just gets pushed back. But if it gets pushed back, if the only place it can get pushed back is off the board, then it is destroyed and cannot engage in the battle anymore. And that, yeah, that's the game. Let's uh, let's call it Battle Line since I've said that phrase a whole lot and that's like the key phrase. But yeah, there's idea number one. Idea number two, you may have heard me reference dragons and ballistas that's because i've got them on my mind here's game number two you are a let's say knight you're you're a guy or a girl you're a person with a ballista you live on a mountain and you are the only defense (laughs) for the local towns against dragons so the way that the game plays it's I envision it a lot like missile attack. I think that's what it's called. The old game where like, it's just missiles are coming down and you shoot counter missiles and intercept them in midair. And the game continues on until the missiles completely overwhelm your position. Um, And I don't think there's a actual win condition. It's just game, get the highest score, survive as long as possible. You are doomed no matter what, but this is, you're not doomed. You just like, Every level is a day, right? So a number of dragons come and attack the local towns, and you um, get to rotate around the mountain and shoot the ballista at the dragons. It's a, imagine a super long range ballista, and some of the dragons are like tiny dots, and then some of them are directly attacking you. But you know, one ballista, this is this is a smog style. One ballista hits the dragon always in the weak spot; it dies. That so. Uh, you know, let's expand the gameplay. Some dragons take more than one hit. Some dragons are harder to hit. You know that that kind of stuff. This is one of those. Hey, we've got a basic idea. We can uh, tweak it in a bunch of little ways to expand the gameplay. The other thing that expands the gameplay is, like I said, every level is like a day, and in between days, you get like people from the local towns, and they give you tribute. They give you resources, they give you supplies, and they make requests of you like, hey, make sure our town is protected for this harvest. We've been threatened by a really big scary dragon and stuff. And then you as the player get to kind of have like your own code of morality on how you're going to interact with that. Like, oh, do you focus on protecting the town's that gave you the most tribute do you focus on protecting the towns that give you the most uh gut-wrenching story for why they're having the hardest time do you only protect castles um if if a king's diplomat comes to you and says hey if tomorrow you don't protect the other kingdom like if you let those dragons attack we'll give you extra gold do you go along with that do you do you kind of allow this backhanded subterfuge to occur like you in a way can be the i don't want to say god but like the kingmaker like you can decide the fate of all these little towns like the goal in this game isn't that you protect every town it's kind of you just you play the game until you get to the end of the story and that could be like just a couple of days it could be it, it could be a set number of days like, oh, live 90 days as the hermit on the mountaintop with the ballista. Or it could I, I could see it having like a full fledged story that you kind of work through and then your decisions impact what the end result is. And then you play again and you make different decisions on or you get better at the game and you can actually kill every single dragon or whatever. Like the world is your oyster in this game. And uh, yeah, I don't have a name for it, and it's not uh, nothing jumped out as I was describing it. Like, oh, dragon ballista, dragon command, dragon slayer—none of those really fit. So that's a bummer. But yeah, that's that's my second game idea for the day. Now we run into the awkward situation of normally we would have like a discussion topic or Claire would ask a question about video games or we would honk and bonk or we would do something to fill space here. And I honestly got nothing. So yeah, moving on to the rapid fire round. Yes, that's right folks. We generate three random words and I set a timer for five minutes In that five minutes, we have to come up with a name for the game. Usually that's the last thing that we do, but come up with a name, come up with the actual gameplay of it. We try to come up with some kind of unique mechanic that ties into the words. So I'm going to generate three random words and get the timer going. I'm starting the timer, generating the words, Apple, Seasonal, hot dog is our first round Um, this is like a stardew valley type life sim game where maybe you do own a farm no scratch that No, we've done that to death harvest moon stardew valley rune fact they've all done it you don't own the farm all you own is a little seasonal item store and what you actually do to collect the things that you sell is you make relationships with the local townsfolk and the you know the farmer and the woodcarver, and the rancher which is different than farming um and the chocolatier basically all these people that do different things and you make deals with them, you either give them something that they are looking for to get, like, stuff to sell in your store, or you make a direct deal, like, they'll get some cut of the profit or whatever. And depending on the personalities of these townsfolk, you know, they might prefer different things. Like, oh, the farmer you will only make deals with you if you actually agree to do manual labor on their farm. Like, you if you pick the potatoes for them, you get to keep... of the potatoes that you pick or something. And like the chocolatier might just be like, all right, you can buy things from me and then sell them in your store. Um, The wood carver might be like, all right, if you bring me a bunch of wood to carve, I'll carve it and I'll give you, I'll give you whatever I make with the wood that you bring me. So yeah, you're managing the relationships with the townsfolk to get stocks to sell to basically other townsfolk, but it's a tourist town. That's It's a tourist town that's famous for things that it does in all four seasons. And so you're not only selling to the local townsfolk, but also lots of tourists. And you're trying to be one of the main draws as to why people come to this town seasonally by showcasing all of the different, uh, different things that the town has to offer per season. And the game is called story of seasons just kidding no i'm pretty sure that's that's uh (laughs) that's literally a game that already exists and i'm pretty sure it's a very similar concept to this so no we're not doing that um all right so season we need to play season into it um i just realized apple and hot dog like apple is like a seasonal fall item Hot dogs are like a baseball season item. What's baseball season, folks? Is that summer? Let's just say that. Like in the summer, the town has like a baseball arena and then you can sell hot dogs at it in the fall. Every town sells apples in the fall, so you get to do that. Um, just to make, just to explicitly tie those words in there. Cause I had a clear idea in my head on how that worked, but did not say it. So, okay. Name, name, um, Hmm. Man, am I gonna fail this just because no one? I I don't have Claire to like bounce name ideas off of. What? What? And then listening to me flounder here—it's probably the most engaging thing in the world. Uh, 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 no, that's fine. Um, Season Craft, Seasons Valley, Four Seasons—that's a hotel name, but we might be able to work with that. Um. Seasons, <laughs> all right. I'm just, I'm going to call it with 40 seconds left. I'm going to call it Seasonsville. You live in a town called Seasonsville, and that's why you are the seasonal merchant. <laughs> thanks thanks all for riding on that, that bumpy road with me. I'm uh, going to set the timer for five minutes again. All right, starting the timer. Generating three new random words: doll, amber, and owl for our second rapid fire round. Doll, amber, and owl. Okay. Amber could be a substance or it could be a person's name. Owls and dolls in certain cons- in, in certain um, for certain people can be considered creepy. So we have a creepy horror game called just Amber, where you play as the titular Amber. And the gimmick here is everyone. So Amber will carry around a doll with her. And the doll is sapient. (laughs) No, it can talk, but so can an owl. So basically as you go through this like haunted house scenario where you're just, let's say you're, um, a car accident. All right. Let's say that you are, a child because horror game, it adds a horrific element to it and it gives you a reason why you're carrying a doll around. So driving at night with your parent, parents when uh, some creature or something or a person is in the middle of the road. It's foggy. You know, the car spirals out of control lands in a ditch. The parents get injured and so Amber takes her doll and tries to go get help but this is like a super creepy town or out like forest kind of situation. She has to make it all the way to town with all these creepy things happening in the forest. Get help and then come back with it. The doll talks to her and gives her advice and is generally like the good angel, like the, the shoulder angels, like the doll is like telling you to do good things usually. And an owl every once in a while shows up and tries to convince you to do like bad things. It's like the evil devil on your shoulder. Um, And so that's that's the gimmick that every once in a while you'll come into a situation where you have to make a choice and you basically have to choose to listen to the doll or the owl and then depending on the exact situation like the the next part of the scenario changes so like you come you're walking through the forest and you hear the sounds of like an injured animal or something the doll is like oh we should go help that animal and the owl like swoops in and is like Sh- you should stay the course and not go explore in the woods and like they both sound good in this scenario but I'm just using it as an example but yeah you as the player choose to go with the doll and you go save the animal. It's a animal in a bear trap but then it turns out that it's like a zombie animal or something that then chases you, even though you did a good deed. And like, if you ignore it, that section might be easier, but it might lead to something later on where the zombie animal, I don't know what the consequence for that would be, but I'm just here to design a game, not tell, not I'm here to lay down the, the, the basics of the game, not lay down everything, but I'm hoping that that sounds like an interesting enough idea to like be a game. And hey, that's everything. The name, Amber, the mechanic, um, making choices between like choosing the side of two characters as you go through, and then that changes the gameplay. Story, horror, uh, car crash, wandering through the woods trying to get help. Boom, 45 seconds left on the clock. Nailed it. And the third and final rapid-fire round is starting now. And now I generate the three words. Distance. Pop. Occupation. Pop could be an onomatopoeia, like the sound, like pop, popping corn. It could be a nickname for a father. And it could be shorthand for population or popularity i think population is more more used but if we say population then we could jump into my classic city builder uh my my genre that i my cozy genre that i stick to distance and occupation well hmm I mean, yeah, this would just be a completely generic city builder if I went that route because it's like, oh, the distance between like where the population lives and where their jobs are. like You have to manage the zoning correctly and like build a robust transportation network of roads and public transit. No, that's actually very boring. So let's see if I can come up with something else. And I accidentally refreshed the page. So I lost those words. So I'm hoping that I remember them. Distance, occupation, pop. Okay, distance, occupation, pop. Well, occupation could also be like a foreign military, like a hostile military occupying a region. And pop could be like the sound of the weapons using the onomatopoeia. And so you could be in an occupied territory And you have to deliver a message like uh, that. uh, What is it? Dunkirk or what? There there was one movie that came out within the last few years that was like a World War One or World War Two messenger. I'm trying to think like make that the game like where you're just trying to deliver a message going through various war zones and like you get some action like capability yourself where like yes you can grab like a pistol or machine gun and like do do some damage to people like trying to hurt you but for the most part you're just kind of like trying to evade it so it would be a lot like a plague tale like gameplay where it's more like stealth and avoiding things but every once in a while yes you can um like do direct conflict um i think that's (laughs) i I think that's getting a little (laughs) loosey-goosey with it. That's that's uh, that's making all the words tie into the story rather than any mechanics. And like the pop is very like abstractified there. <laughs> but uh and I, I don't even know what I would possibly name that, but I've spent enough time describing that and like came up with enough of a game idea that I'm gonna go with it. Um so uh this name Sounds powerful to me completely on its own, but then I also immediately think of a movie that, like, ruins the title as, like, the powerful thing it's supposed to be, but, like, message for deliverance. And then I think about, like, deliverance, and that is... That makes it not quite the the statement I'm trying to make. But like you know, if you're trying, if you're delivering like the war winning message, like you have some secret report that would like ruin the enemy's defense or uh, give you the give your army the perfect time to attack. Like oh, it would be deliverance for your country or deliverance of vengeance onto them or whatever. So like I think that works. I'm gonna go with it. With 30 seconds left, that was the final rapid fire round and if i don't say so myself for not having anyone to bounce ideas off or uh to come up with ideas for me i think i did pretty good um so yeah that was make that game normally there's a second person with me um if you missed that part of this podcast so tune in next week hopefully to (laughs) to hear a second voice listen to some of our older episodes and you can send us emails at make that game podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at make that game pod. I think I covered everything. Um, again, send us emails. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Tell us about games you're playing, you know, tell us, tell us games you'd like us to analyze or that you think we would enjoy playing. And uh, don't forget, if you heard a game idea that you like today, go out there and make Make that that game! game. Ba-dum-bum.